Five minutes after 11 South African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Johannesburg. Uh, Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name, and of course, our beloved senior respected teacher, Honorable Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidahullah. He will be with me from now till 12 ish, inshallah. I want to welcome our beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop, and we welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company, and we welcome the listeners of uh, Merkaza uh, Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. We said it's a beautiful morning. Welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Start. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa rahmatullahi And today is the 4th of Shawwal 1444 and it's the best month, mashallah, to get our daughters, our sons, our grandchildren married. So inshallah, it is the bliss of marriage. So inshallah, if you have any announcements for nikah, send it to Mona Arafat. And remember, on Friday mornings between 10 and 10.30, there is the nikah program, and that is the announcements. So inshallah, you send your WhatsApp or 084-786-3132, and inshallah, the announcement will be made on Friday morning. I crystal clearly remember last year we started... Uh, Last year, Shawal, we had 11. I remember the first week of Shawal, we had 11 uh, nikahs. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, is it good to marry a rich woman? So I don't have to work anymore. Anonymous, Ustad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-Kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the hadith is clearly mentioned in Mishka Sharif, Mustada Ahmad, various compilations. He Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Tunkahul mar'a li arba'in. People normally get married to the lady for four reasons. So one of these four, limaliha, either because of her wealth and you know like how you are thinking, or jamaliha, of her beauty, she's a paragon of beauty. Walihasabiha, she belongs to the highest strata of society, well-known, famous, influential. And then the last one, Walidiniha. They marry her because of her piety, her good character, and she is Allah-fearing. 
Fasfar bidati deen. Then be, you will be successful when you make deen priority number one. You can look at wealth, you can look at beauty, you can look at the strata of society, but priority number one must be the aqidah, the belief structure. You can't marry a Qadiani or a Shia or a one who is a Agahani and so forth. These are non-Muslims, although they have Muslim names. And if you don't do that, you don't want to give deen and, you know, good character and piety the preference, then taribat yadak, then take your hand and rub on the ground meaning then you are going to get disgraced and humiliated so that's the answer for you that you want to marry this lady only because of her wealth so you will become her ghulam you will become a knocker everything she says you will just have to say g g g it means you got no self-esteem you got no self-respect you will just be like her slave there anything you say she'll say hey, you you keep quiet this is my house is my car this is my phone this is my 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 so in islam that is totally unacceptable you must remember when you marry her just for a wealth then you will get disgraced and humiliated in this world and what will your children think of you they'll think that you're a bi- Understood. After two, three, four, five years, they'll say our father is good for nothing. He's just sitting here in the house and he's not doing anything. And the people ask him, what what work your father does? He says, he only says yes, yes to mommy. No other work he does. So you see, you have to look at life from holistic point of view and not become the slave. And you must remember to think that you will just sit on your laurels and think of Hadi. Not permissible what you are suggesting. Somebody says here, Ustad, that uh, the most difficult part of marriage is giving your daughter away. Honorable Mufti Sahib, uh, can, can I let my son-in-law love what us, even though he has his own house? Ustad, Remember, that is also another thing that we don't agree with and Islam don't agree with. Once you have given your daughter away, then remember that what you have done is that you must ensure that the daughter and them, your son-in-law, have their own place, their own space and so forth. You keep them with you, although in a separate place and so forth, but so near. So every day your wife, the girl's mother, will go visit or she will visit her mother. Daily it will be. So there will be a small misunderstanding between husband and wife and it will become a big thing because every day you want to poke your nose in their private matters and so forth. So know this garjamai business and to keep them right there, all that is not desirable in Islam. Islam says you give your daughter and mashallah that is a system of Almighty Allah and in that way there Sayyidina Hassan Basri rahimahullah used to say that when I give my daughter then I look for the muttaqi the person with taqwa and through piety and Allah consciousness if things work out then I'm very very happy if things don't work out the taqwa and piety and Allah consciousness of that person will prevent him from making zulam and oppressing my daughter so that is the criteria we should be using what you are suggesting remember that is not something acceptable because you will definitely be poking your people's noses, you, the father and the mother, in the business of the son-in-law, and that's a recipe for disaster. Hmm. Well, sir, I'm not understanding. It says that uh, 
my wife says she will never allow me to remarry. She says over her dead body. Does mean does it mean that she has given me consent as she has stage four cancer? Please make dua, Ustad. So you must remember that if she has stage four cancer, so you must make her khidmat now mm. and so forth. And in that way, when she passes away, because the prognosis according to the medical fraternity doctors will be, it's just a matter of time and then she'll pass away. Obviously, we believe if all my teller wants, he can grant the complete shifa. But we speak the normal thing that happens is, so then you get married to whoever you want to. She can't dictate from the grave and all these type of things there. Second one is the C. Mustafa Habibuna was married to Sayyida Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. During the month of Ramadan, most ulama say on the 10th of Ramadan, she, Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, one of the greatest ladies of all time and all places, passes away, her demise takes place. In Shawwal, so three weeks after that, four weeks after that, Mustafa Rasulullah sallam's nikah takes place with Sayyida Sauda radiallahu anha in this month of Shawwal. So if she passes away, you get married as soon as possible. Well, that's the lesson you must learn. And if you mean that now you want to get married to somebody, so remember, we will not tell you and uh, encourage you to do that. One side, your wife, who is your wife for past 20, 30, 40 years, Allah alone knows. She is in her last stages, basically. And now you're going to add more trauma to her and more difficulty that she will know how you are married and so forth and so on. So therefore, rather make her khidmat and ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive both of you. Every marriage has its ups and downs and so forth. And in that way there, that you wait when she passes away, then you get married. So that will be our advice to you, brother. Hmm. Uh, somebody wants to know, Ustad, it's uh, very hard nowadays for newlywed couples. What advice do you have for us, Ustad? We only married for three and a half weeks. But we're having so much of problems, Ustad. Remember that there's nothing difficult and so forth. What is the difficulty is this. When we get married, minus taqwa. And taqwa, Islam, Iman, taqwa are not the main criteria. The main criteria is all materialism. Why is the wife fighting with the husband? Because this is not right in the kitchen, the bedroom, this is not right, this is not right in the lounge, this is not right in the dining room, and so forth. Everything to do with materialism. What is wrong with you, husband? Your expectations are so high. So you must remember, she must do this, she must do that, she must do that. So you're going to end up fighting being over petty, petty things. And who are you pleasing? Not all, Almighty Allah. Not Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You are pleasing Satan, Lucifer, Shaitan. And what is his aim? Surah 2, chapter 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 102. His aim is to cause separation between husband and wife. You, the couple. You buried three weeks, three and a half weeks, meaning less than a month. I'm asking you one question only, one. <laughs> Did you, husband and wife, say, come both of us shut up and let us sit on the musalla and let us turn to Allah and make dua? Allah. Did you do that one time? Allah. Never. <laughs> Be honest. Did you do it? No. So what you are speaking about, you understand trouble and all that. 
Husband say, I'll shut my mouth. Wife say, you keep quiet. Both of us go on the musalla. Let us read two rakat salat, salatul hajat, and then we cry to Allah. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurrata a'yun. Oh Allah, grant us such spouses. Ya Allah, grant us such progeny children. That are the coolness of the eyes. You know, every day after I'm finished here, then I go to the masjid, masjid muhajirin ansar. So every day I give them one hadith. So I said, and the students, they're studying, mashallah, so I like to give them certain hadith and advice that will help them for the remainder of the life. I said, today's hadith lesson is this, chapter 7, verse 180. Chapter 7, verse 180. That is, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ husna. فَدُؤُوهُ بِهَا And all Allah Azza wa Jalla has wonderful, beautiful names. So invoke and call all Allah Jalla wa by his beautiful names. Allah is commanding us. Then you find two hadith. One in Bukhari Sharif. مَنْ حَفِذَهَا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ He, Habibuna Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you by heart and memorize the 99 names of Allah Azza wa Jalla, you enter Jannah. Hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif, Man Ahsaha Dakhal al Jannah. You look inside. For past 30, 40 years, I'm reading with Allah's help. I can't, maybe more also. Every day with Allah's help. So you enter Jannah and paradise. Then I said that, see, I'm giving you three examples. There's problem between husband and wife. There's problem between parents and children. Read, Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadud. Ya Allah, you are the creator of love. You have people who are ill and sick, yourself or your family. Mm-hmm. Read, Ya Salamu, Ya Salamu, Ya Salamu. You want something from Almighty Allah, something that is permissible. So read, Ya Wahabu, Ya Wahabu, Ya Wahabu. Ya Allah, you are the best one to give something. So every great name and majestic name of Almighty Allah has a powerful impact, remember. Did you do that? No. Did you make dua? No. Did you go to your musalla and cry? No. So you'll just fight over petty, petty things, everything material. Remember that. So that is the big problem. The love. Therefore, Sufyan Sauri, rahimahullah, he was Amirul Mu'minin fil Hadith. Sheikh Abdul Halim Mahmoud, Sheikh Al-Azhar, whom we met several times. So you must remember, wrote a masterpiece. All of you who are students, ulama, you must procure and obtain a copy. Sufyan Sauri, Amirul Mu'minin fil Hadith. I have one, it's in two volumes. Masterpiece. Who is Sufyan Sauri? Sufyan Sauri is such a giant for eight centuries his mother was carrying on. You must remember that. So he was contemporary of Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. Yesterday when we started the tafsir of, you must remember, this, uh, you know, Surah Fatiha. So I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but it will come. So when he was Imam one day and he read Surah Fatiha, when he came there, to this verse, Only exclusively you, O Allah, do we worship. We don't worship anybody, anything besides you, O Allah. Only you do we seek assistance from. He fell down unconscious in Salat. 
the Salat carried on. So afterwards, one hour, two hours, whatever, when he regained consciousness, they asked him what happened. He said that, you know, while I was reading that verse, Allah is saying we must ask him, but we want to beg this one, this one, this one, all that. So that is what I felt, and that's how I collapsed and all that. So Sufyan Sauri, rahimahullah, taught us a beautiful, wonderful dua. Allahumma j'ali dunya. Ya Allah, give us of the dunya. Nice house, nice car, nice wife, good husband, nice children, all that. But keep it fi aidina. Allahumma j'ali dunya fi aidina. Keep it in our hands, Ya Allah. Wala tajalha fi qulubina. Don't put in our hearts, Ya Allah. Our heart must be for you, Almighty Allah. Our heart must be for you, for you, Ya Rasulullah, O Mustafa, Habibuna, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Our heart must be for Deenul Islam. But today we reverse the whole thing. Mera dukan, mera gokan, mera das, mera das, my house, my shop, my money, my assets, my property, all we put in the heart. Allah Azza wa Jalla, Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Islam we put in the hands. So therefore we just throw it away whenever we feel like Allah forbid. So you, brother, sister, don't do foolish things and make little bit sabr. You have to recalibrate. <laughs> you know what is recalibrate? You came from a background, she came from a background, both of you have to make some adjustments now. So you must try and play, make your wife happy. Surah number 4, verse number 19, bil-ma'ruf. Treat your wife with love, respect, justice, and so forth. And you, the wife, you try and please your husband in things that are permissible. Then all the fighting and shaitan yet, everything will disappear. And read your five daily salat on time. Every day tilawat of Quran. Every day asma'ullah al-husna. Every day dua, dua together, zikr together. Then see, your house will become a home and your home will become Dar as Salaam, a home of peace, tranquility and serenity. Hmm. Uh, the brother says, uh, no time for that. We haven't sat on a musalla, but both of us, we don't have time. We start. Yeah, you don't have time because we're involved with all shaitani activities. You got time for your TV. You got time for movies. You got time for haram things. For Allah, you don't have time. When you don't have time for Allah, what Allah says, so Allah will also abandon you. So Allah's help will not come. Chapter 25, verse 77. That say, Ya Rasulullah, may Allah is not bothered about you when you don't make dua. So that's what you are doing. You've got time for haram things and what Islam teaches for that you don't have time. Somebody says, Muhtasar, my mother feels it's shameless if I talk to my 23-year-old mother about marriage. Is it shameless, Ustad? She's so protective of her dear son and it's annoying, Ustad. So you must remember that if the son speaks to his mother about marriage, meaning that he wants to get married and so forth and so on, that's very good. You want to take the dua of his mother. 
he's married already and now he wants to speak to his mother so about marriage so it depends what he wants to discuss he can't be discussing what happens in the bedroom obviously there has to be some amount of respect and so forth between mother and son but if he wants advices and so forth that you know my wife she doesn't make so nice roti or she doesn't make so nice acne or she don't make so nice pickle and achar and so forth so what advice you give O Ummi so 100% very good that is so there's no need for you to get upset and so forth and so on so it depends what type of advice he is asking and uh, you know from his beloved mother and so forth so jiska zarf baraho Allah in kubara bana that when your heart is magnanimous then Allah Ta'ala will elevate your rank also so don't always think that when mother and son are talking they're scunnering about you you know what is scunnering that they're gossiping and backbiting about you that shaitan yet shaitan will put about all these things authentic hadith go open Muslim Sharif Mustad Ahmad everything abstain from suspicion because that is one of the biggest liars so whenever mother and son are speaking then you the wife or the wife's mother they say yeah they're scandering about you they're gossiping about you so all this is we did it last week Thursday when we completed the Quran Sharif Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen you was wisufi sudurin nas what is the shayateen what is Lucifer and his agents what is their job that you was wisufi sudurin nas the whisperings of Satan of Lucifer of Satan in the hearts of people minal jinnati wannas the shayateen you get in the jinn form and invisible and human being also so therefore don't let petty things become major issues so always when you have that negative feeling read immediately a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim and almighty Allah will protect you inshallah it says Ustad he's, he's not married I mean she still think he's small for marriage Ustad so you must remember that is no problem in that that he can go and discuss this issue with his mother he's not comfortable discussing with his father and so it's no problem take the duas of your parents somebody says Ustad please provide a detailed explanation of how women in the west should obtain Islamic knowledge anonymous will start so first thing wherever you are east west north south wherever you are how you should obtain Islamic knowledge you must know which are the most important references in Islam the noble Quran the direct speech of Almighty Allah second the Sunnah Mubarakah teaching preaching of Prophet Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Sallam if you think that you can just go by internet and you can study on your own DIY do it yourself 90% of the time you will go astray therefore Muhammad ibn Sirin he was a great successor a great tabi'i who met sahaba and companions of Mustafa Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. he said unzuru watch out from where you're imbibing and acquiring your knowledge our Islam is based on a chain 
Lawlal isnad laqala man sha'a ma sha'a. Abdullah bin Mubarak said, Rahimamullah, go and open Muslim Sharif right in the beginning, the introduction, Muqaddama, you will find it. So we must have, I became Hafiz by my teacher. He became Ustad, he became Hafiz by his teacher. And Sheikh Salih Abadi, my Ustad, Hafiz Ibrahim Limalia. Then Sheikh Salih Abadi, he got his teacher in Makkah. And it goes on, on, on to the Master, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you must go to such people who have the correct knowledge. Now you want to study Quran, you want to study Tafsir, you want to study Fiqh. You must go by the teachers who have the true understanding. Not all these modern characters and looking for loopholes. Everything Jai is. Islamic banking, Jai is. Islamic insurance, permissible. Thursday, everything. They just put Islamic title there and legalize everything. So these are the enemies of Islam. You must remember, they are the people who are the scholars for dollars who have sold the deen of Islam. And in the West, it is rife and rampant, all these type of things there. So you must go to those conservative ulama who are there to protect the deen of Islam and so forth. So keep into contact with those type of ulama, whether you're in the East or in the West or whatever. All these modern people who come on TV and they close the masjid and they tell you you must take a rooster and a booster and all that, your vaccines, you stay far, far away from them. They will destroy your deen for you. So always, and remember, never carry favor with Shias and Qadianis and the non-Muslim. So we must know exactly where we are going. You want to build a house. You don't just catch any builder. You make proper research who's a good builder. Let us see where he built. You want a carpenter. You want the best one. You want a uh, plumber. You want the best one. So for our dean also, we must look for the best one. And then, inshallah, we will acquire the correct dean. A deen ul qayyim, Quran says. Not just whatever you feel like. So there's the problem. People today in the West, they will flock to those people. One chap is on shaitan. I heard this himself, he's saying. He's saying that when adultery takes place, Islam says you must capital punishment, pelt the person with the stone to death. He says, no, this we can't have now, so we must review this. He wants to review it. So I said such a person is straight away murtered out of the fall of Islam. That what Nabi, what Quran spoke about, what Sunnah Mubarakah spoke about, what the ulama fuqaha jurists have agreed on, he says no, because he's in America, we must review it. Such people are murtered, remember that, they're out of the fall of Islam. So we must be clear on this. Deen is complete. It's not we have to redefine this and review this and so forth and so on. So be very careful that just take Deen of Islam from the TV scholars you must remember they mercenaries they just do all that for money and so forth mm. so we must be very very circumspect and careful in this regard mm. somebody says here would you respect Mufti Abdul Qadr when are you going to stop speaking about those closing the masjids Please, we, will, we will speak about it till we die because Quran says you must remember that that Allah Ta'ala says Surah 2 verse 114 for them is humiliation, disgrace. 
So remember that they did what Abu Jahal did. Not only they closed the masjid, they went to court to say that no, the masjid must be closed. We will speak of it, whether you like it or you lump it. Why? So your children must know who the enemies of Islam are. You understand now? Otherwise, your children will just be like you. They had an apologetic and a bootlicker. You must remember these type of things there and want to justify it. We will speak of it everywhere so that the truth must go hit home properly. Unprecedented in human history from Nabi Adam salam's time till now and in South Africa. They had bring Molvis, go to court to close the masjid. Can you believe that? You must. Therefore, we say to read Salat behind them, not permissible at all. <laughs> the prophet says Allah is the most forgiving Mustad. Yeah, Allah is most forgiving Allah says Nabi sallallahu law is a tawbah to mislul hawbah <laughs> when you commit a crime privately then you make tawbah privately you commit a crime publicly then you must make tawbah publicly so we told them a hundred times apologize publicly their arrogance and pride will not allow it Ustad uh, uh, Dubai if I take a fasakh must 100% but you must know what is a fasakh fasakh is not that you just go and say I'm divorcing my husband and so forth that means nothing first talaq is the husband utters the word divorce or he writes it out Khula is the wife gives something in return. For example, the jewelry she was given as mahar or the money she was given as mahar and then the husband divorces her. They both reach an amicable agreement that he, she will give her something in exchange and he will issue the talaq. That talaq is talaq buy-in, irrevocable. And the third one is where the husband is wrong. He's on drugs. He's not paying maintenance. He's hitting, assaulting the wife. He's having a string of affairs. So you, the lady, you go to the Islamic country, to the Qazi, to the court, a magistrate, and judge, and so forth. And then he will hear the case. If he finds the husband guilty, he will tell the husband that he must issue talaq. The husband is very stubborn and obstinate. So then he will use his overriding power, and he will do fasakh, remember that, annul the marriage. And in our countries, we don't have Islamic courts and judges and all that. So we have the ulama. You can call them jamiyat, you can call them shura, you can call them whatever you want to. As long as they are competent people and they have correct aqidah and belief structure and so forth, so then you go there, there will be a court case, and then the husband must be there. And thereafter, they find him guilty, and they'll tell him and request him to issue the talaq. He's too stubborn, so then they will use the fasakh. Thereafter, they must be iddat is compulsory. You can't be married today to this person, and then next day just married to another person. In Islam, iddat is compulsory and mandatory to maintain and retain the sanctity of marriage. Understand <laughs> that. Therefore, I buy a car, I buy a cell phone, I buy a computer. Same day, next day, I can sell it, I can trade it in. In Islam, you can't do that. In Islam, we say that for a marriage, there must be two male witnesses. For marriage, there must be announcements. For marriage, you must have wali or the girl's party, her father, brother has to give permission. So in Islam, that is the law. But for all these other things, you don't need witnesses. You don't need uh, the somebody's permission, the father's permission or anything like that. So Islam has imposed all these laws so that we maintain and read 
maintain the sanctity of marriage. They took a solemn pledge from you. So see what Quran says. Quran calls it an agreement, a pledge that is very, very sacred and holy. So therefore, all these laws of iddat and everything come into operation mm-hmm. and are effective after talaq, after khula, after fasakh, and so forth. I am a single mom and I work for a living. I work for a male boss, but he pays me half of my colleague's salary for doing the exact same work. Islamically, is it is this right to start? Before we ask all that, there for you to go work by a stranger in his shop and all day you all are talking and maybe sometime joking, all that. Is that permissible, sister? So that's the first question we have to ask. You are a single mom. So your function is you're supposed to stay at home and look after your children and so forth. And whatever inheritance or whatever money you got, you use that. And then your money is depleted and finished. Then your family members, your parents should assist you. Your parents are deceased. Your brothers should be there to assist you and so forth. So that is what Islam teaches. And your family is not interested in you. Then the Muslim community should give you zakat and so forth. There's no need Islamically for you as a single lady to go and work. Now, how much advantage he can take? He will say, yes, I will pay you 10000 20000 like the man, but in something I expect in return. You know what I'm talking about. So no man today, that when there's a boss and that, he will just give you something. He will want something in exchange. And you know really what I'm talking about. So you're opening yourself up to harassment. You're opening yourself up to, you must remember, exploitation and all these things here. So the first point we have to tell you, sister, it's not permissible for you to go and work in Mr. ABC, XYZ shop. And he can be the holy man or he can be whatever. Tell me, no, but very pious and all that. When it comes to human and that, then it's all dangerous business. So that's first issue. Second issue is this. He offered you the job and he told you that this is your wages, 5,000, 10,000. You agreed on it. So now you can't complain why he's paying this one, paying that one. That is not your business. That you agreed on the deal and contract and so forth. So finish, end of the story. So he's paying somebody else that amount, that amount. So that is the contract he made with that person there. So Islamically, you can't be complaining because you agreed to that contract that you and he made. But for you to work there, all that is not permissible. And your income also will be tainted and polluted. So we must be clear on these issues here. Listen to this one, Ustad. Dear Mufti AK, I am a Shia listener. I have heard your recordings about Khomeini. There's no book where himself allowed, where he himself allowed muta to take place. Please correct your statement. I have daughters and my daughters are disgusted how you speak like that, Ustad. Khomeini is a pakka kafir. Repeat with me. Khomeini is a pakka kafir. I have his books and I saw the book in 2013 when I went to Iran. What you know of Khomeini's books and all? Tawdihul Masail. Write it down, you Shia. Tawdihul Masail is the book written by Khomeini. And in there he writes, you can make muta for one hour. 
I challenge any Shia in the world to tell me that is not Khomeini's book and I challenge any Kafir Shia in the world that that is not mentioned in Khomeini's book. I have it in my library. So remember that mm. you think we're so simple, we'll go on A and discuss this thing here without any hardcore evidence? In Zubdatul Ahkam, he writes, Khomeini, when you have a mut'ah, so contract, you have an affair with another lady and pay her 50 rupees, 50 dollars, 50 riyals, 50 rand. I'm just giving 50 examples. Mm-hmm. So remember that. Then he writes, La tawarutha baynahuma wala iddata alayha. There is no inheritance between them and there is no iddat for her. So what is that? 100% <laughs> prostitution. So Shia Azam have legalized two things which no religion in the world ever has legalized. Remember that. Nor the Jews, nor the Christians, nor the Hindus, nor the Buddhists. Number one is Mut'ah, 100% prostitution. BBC carried out a sting operation. They sent, you know, they are big shots. They got 100 years in existence. We are small chewing gums, you know. So they sent their journalists with hidden camera. This happened in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You can go see it on the BBC documentaries. And then when they went there and they saw how this whole operation runs, non-Muslim, they said this is 100% prostitution. So there's nothing to hide about it. So Shia Azam is promoting Shia prostitution 100%. And Khomeini is number one in this, so you must remember. Therefore, we say without fear of contradiction, Shia Khomeini is a Pakka non-Muslim. He swears and curses Sahaba and all that. Go read Al-Hukumatul Islamiyya. Go read his other books. I have so many books of his. So you must remember any person who curses and swears, Sayyidina Bakr, Sayyidina Omar, Sayyidina Usman, our mother, Zat Aisha, He's 100% kufar. Not 1%, 100% kufar. So don't come think we're taking out from our thumb here, brother. We got your books, and when I went there, I debated with them, and then they gave me more books. They didn't know who they're giving to. So today, when we, I had debate in South Africa with Kufar Shias in Iran, and I beat them with the help and mercy of Allah. So we're not, we're not taking them from our pocket. We are quoting what Khomeini wrote, La'anahullah. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ida ra'aytumul ladhina yasubbuna ashabi. When you see those people swearing, cursing my companions, faqulu, then say, and remember, Quran Sharif says that وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ that Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a mercy to the entire universe. He رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said فَقُولُوا لَعَنَّةُ اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ شَرِّكُمْ Allah's curse is on you for the evil you are doing. Therefore we say Khomeini is non-Muslim and لَعَنَهُ اللَّهِ and Allah's curse is on him. The first stop my brother they, my brother in humanity so you must remember when I landed at Tehran Airport 2013, first review oval, Monday it was, the driver, Zari, he took me straight to Khomeini's grave because from there I wanted to go to Kum. Mm-hmm. So I told him what's happening here. He told me there's Khomeini. I said, he's a kafir. He's not Muslim. He got the shock of his life. So I asked him, what must I pray here? I don't pray for him. So I asked him, see all these people, what are they doing? They say they're putting money. I asked him, who takes the money? He said, all these guys sitting. I said, you see all the crookery going on here. In front of your eyes it's going on. And you tell me I must pray. I want to ask you one question. You, the Shia. You, you, I want to ask you. 
You see, the first Friday I was there for Rabiul Oval 2013. I went to a place, Kashan. This is your Iran. This is your Shia, Kufristan. Not Islamic Stan, Kufristan. It's not Islamic Republic of Iran. It is Kuwaiti, Persian Republic of Iran. Shia Republic. Nothing to do with Islam. So I went to Kashan. The same Zari, my driver. I told him, where is that place? Where? Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala and the second greatest person to walk on this earth after Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh, and after all the prophets and anbiya and messengers. So Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi, that's his kunya agnomen, and his name is Fairuz. So he murdered and killed Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh. You Shias, you the so-called Persian revolution, you went to put up a mazar, a mausoleum, a shrine for the murderer of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala and, and you named it Baba de Chujauddin. You are the bravest person. You murdered Umar. You martyred Umar radiallahu anhu arda. You did the best action. You want to tell me these people are Muslim? When you hate Sayyidina Bakr, you hate Sayyidina Umar, you hate Sayyidina Usman, you hate Sayyidina Aisha, kafir and quote me anywhere in the world and Khomeini 100% kafir <laughs> he says he's going to switch off his radio and remember we have your recording to start you can go send it to anybody every day every program of mine we send it out to everybody you see <laughs> so we don't hide anything this program we podcast it and we send it to 10,000 100,000 people by the time everybody listens so don't come with all that we don't fear anybody and we speak the truth you must answer what Khomeini wrote in Tawdihul Masail you must answer what he wrote in Zubdatul Ahkam 100% prostitution 15 minutes to 12 o'clock when we come back we will continue with the bliss of marriage stay tuned Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jama'ah. When it's uh, 14 minutes uh, to 12, there's a listener saying that uh, Mufti Sahib, my husband follows Sunnah, but doesn't want to pay all expenses because I inherited from my father Ustad. So he's following the Sunnah of Shaitan. You must remember that. Just wearing a kurta or a turban and tupi and beard don't make you a good Muslim. You must practice on it. Quran Sharif states, وَعَاشِرُوا هُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ You must treat your wives with love, justice, respect. Quran Sharif says, وَأَلَى الْمَوْلُودِ لَهُ رِزْكُهُنَّ وَكِسْوَتُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That is compulsory upon him that whatever expenses there are, he has to pay. He has to pay رِزْكُهُنَّ وَكِسْوَتُهُنَّ Roti, kapra, makan, he has to give you shelter, he has to give you clothing, he has to give you food. All that is compulsory upon him. You don't have to pay for anything. You must remember that. That is the kufar way of thinking. That because the wife inherited something or the wife is working, so she must pay for the groceries or she must pay for the children's expenses. It's totally wrong that. Islam never ever taught that. So you, the husband, you, the father, have to pay for everything. So tell him is not practicing on sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he's practicing on the sunnah of Lucifer and 
Satan and Shaitan. That's what he's doing and fooling himself, thinking that he's a so-called pious person. So remember that everything is on you, where on him, that for you and the children, whether it's food, medication, all that is compulsory upon him. That is what Islam teaches. And if you want to practice on the true sunnah, then he must see what Siddiqa said, Aisha radiallahu anha said, Khiyarukum, khiyarukum, or khayrukum, khayrukum, both ways the hadith you will find. Li'ahalikum, the best of you are the best of you to your wives and children. Wa'ana khayrukum li'ahali, and I am the best to my wives and my children. Authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. So don't let him fool you, you must remember. You must tell him that he must listen and send us your number, 084-786-3132, and we will send you the podcast or you contact me directly 071-888-1184 and we will send out today this podcast to you also and you make him listen he want not fool himself mm. that is the trouble with the Jews that some portion of the book Torah is to accept and certain they reject so today Muslims also have become like that what they like they will say this is Islam where they have to pay they will tell you no 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 this is not compulsory and you must pay and so forth so they want to practice on deen halfway mm-hmm. not they want to follow the deen Quran says Ya kafa. enter into Islam in its totality and its entirety no pick and choose business there's not some supermarket here. Somebody says, but Mufti Sahib, I do read a lot. And you say sit on the musalla and cry to Allah. But my husband still never change. He swears, he accuses. It's like hell on earth. Is Allah punishing me, Ustad? No, you must remember the mistake you are making is this. You are sitting on the musalla, but you're not bringing your husband there. He, when he's in a good mood, you must tell him, come sit here on the musalla, we make dua together. Start ta'aleem from tonight. Take Riyadu Salihin, take the fazail works of Hazrat Sheikh, Hazrat Mawana Muhammad Zakaria, Sheikh Uladis, Nawar Allah Marqadahu, and start ta'aleem every day, five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes. So you will see things will change. But we don't want to do that. So it must be a joint strategy. Not only you, you must get your husband also. And then, inshallah, you will see things will start changing for the better, inshallah. Hmm. 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 274-786-3132. Listen to this one who's done. It says, but Mufti Sab, I am a great fisher lady. Men stare at me all the time as I am in Parda. My late husband taught me how to fish for a living. I'm not a beggar and my twin sons are only seven years old. I teach them to fish uh, to fish till they can bring an income for us. Am I a son of Ustad? So you must remember if you say you are in Parda, then how you know how many men are looking at you? You see, mm-hmm. already there's a contradiction in your question there. If your face is half open, you know, and you think you are in parda, that is not parda. Parda is the whole face has to be covered. You must remember that. And then you must have that little bit material where you can see through and so forth. Surah 33, verse number 59. All Almighty Allah addresses this issue. Ya Yuan Nabi, O Mustafa Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
Kulli azwajik. Tell your honorable wives, wabanatik, and your beloved daughters, wanisail mu'minin, and the believing men, our women, so our wives, our daughters, sisters, mothers, like that. Yudinina alayhinna min jalabi bihin. That they have to wear the jilbab that includes the whole body and the, the face and everything. Go see the tafsir Abdullah ibn Abbas and them made. So he was Raisul Mufassirin, the greatest commentator of the Noble Quran. And then remember you're speaking about fishing and fishermen and fisherwomen and Allah alone knows what and what and what. So it seems like every day you are going outside and so since when that is permissible? Mm. Surah thirty three, verse thirty three Wakarna fi buyutikunna. You women you must stay glued to your homes. The real parda hijab bil buyut that is for the woman. That the place of the woman in Islam is at home. When the need arises, then you leave. Like tomorrow we're going to Cape Town. So it's a need. So I mm. go with my wife. So we go out. But now every day she wants to go. For example, she she's she very good. She don't like to go out. So So every day you want to go out and all that, expose your beauty. Quran is telling you it's haram that. Chapter 33, verse 33. So remember that though Islam don't allow fishy stories. Remember that. Islam wants true facts and we must be practicing on it. Not that now we go there and say the children must do some fishing and so forth. That there they must go beg here or beg here or catch the attention of people and so on. So in Islam always we as the parents must give our children the best fish. And what is the best fish? Give ma nahala walidun nahlan ahsana min adabin hasan. Teach them good character. Teach them good manners. Teach them good morals. Teach them good ethics. So that is hadith sahih, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi. So that is the answer, my mother and sister. Somebody says here, I am a housewife. It says what I do sells baking from home. Ladies send their husbands to collect. But people are talking now that men are coming home. I had a sign outside to say ladies only to collect. But then people were talking that I am a humanizer. How do we part the ladies ever win? Ustad? You don't have to worry about what people say. You heard what that person said just now. I'm recording you. I'm doing that. You don't have to worry about mm. people. We must practice on the Sharia and we must do that. So number one, you are doing baking. You are doing this, that. With the permission of the husband, in the confine of your house, very good, excellent that is. And thereafter, now you are selling, you must tell them ladies only that you don't want all those men will come, then they want to start conversation, then they want to make a joke, and then one thing leads to another and so forth. So you must tell your ladies that, that see, you must come. Don't send your husband, don't send your brother and us and so forth. So it's a simple way to solve the problem. And if they come, don't open the door for them. Tell them there's the board there. Only ladies must come and take their parcels and go. Hmm. 0847863132. There's a student from Azad Ustad who's currently listening to you right now. He wants those two books that Mufti Stab mentioned about Khomeini Ustad, those two kitabs. Write it down. Masail. It's in Arabic. It's in Urdu. Tawdihul Masail. Is written there, Imam Inqilab, Khomeini, Ayatullah Khomeini. This was written on the book. And it's from Iran, the copy I have. And remember, the other one is Zubdatul Ahkam. So that is also in Arabic. 
and these are and many other books of Khomeini you must remember that Al-Hukumatul Islamiyah so that is also good to get and many many others and so forth so my brother you are then Azadwal the Istima is there this week tomorrow Wednesday Thursday in Cape Town Friday Saturday Sunday in Azadwal Monday Tuesday day in Newlands in Durban so Allah Ta'ala make all these Istimas coming up and means of Hidayat but you must remember that if you want to discuss what Kishias, leave all our Hazrat's book and this book, and it means nothing to them. You must quote them their books and say, this is what Khomeini wrote. Then tell us now, dance Ali Papa dance. Then you see, finish, you hit them out, knock out. A jab, a right jab, and a left hook, and a knockout punch, you see. <laughs> so that is how you must understand this whole thing. Last question. <laughs> My daughter refuses to get married to Ustad. Can we force her as parents? No, you must be. Tell your wife, the mother of your daughter, maybe she got some internal problems, some sickness and so forth. She's feeling too shy, you must remember, to tell you that what the real problem is. So you can't just force her and now make somebody else's life hell and so forth, you know. So you, she has to be honest and speak the truth to her mother. So normally they will speak out to their mother. So that is what you should do. See, I give you one incident and then we finish. This hadith I'm citing, quoting now, is mentioned in Sunan Nasai. The lady says, my father got me married to a certain person. That's the word. And she was not interested. She was not happy at all. Then she went to Mustafa وسلم, and said, my father got me married to this person, but I'm not pleased about it. Habibuna said, no, that marriage is not valid, and so forth and so on. And she came back to the women and said, I did this to show you, you have hukuk and you have rights on this issue. Yeah. You can't go, your daughter is 16, 18, 20, 25, and you just say, no, you must get married to this person and so forth. But she don't want to, so you can't impose it. You can suggest to her, you can request her, but you can't impose it upon her. Look at how intelligent the lady was. She said that Mustafa said they don't have the right to do so. So I wanted to show you ladies there in Medina what your rights are. But my parents wanted I must marry this person, so now I will go marry that person. <laughs> See <laughs> how she made Ihsan on this Ummah, and then she took the duas of her parents also. So that they never ever do that, remember. You'll make your life, your life a misery. You will destroy your daughter's life, and you will destroy the life of your son-in-law. He will see there are huge problems. He'll just divorce her. So then, so speak to her and ask her what is the real. Maybe she got somebody and she doesn't want to tell you all because she knows that you will refuse. So there are so, so many possibilities. I see the father just messaged and say, Muftisab, I'm apologizing. My wife just says now that she is busy chatting to somebody, but she's only 25. And the other one, he's a sugar daddy. He's over, he's 48 years old to start. So that's what I just told you now. You must remember, maybe she got medical problems or maybe she got somebody. Now she decided to get the sugar daddy. So now what must we do now? You see, so that is the big problem. So don't go and impose upon her. Get her married or tell her you're not giving blessings. One of the two, end of the story. Barakallahu feek. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Empowering the Ummah
よ。